0: good afternoon and welcome to your diy health here on the eurofolk radio network i'm your host sergeant jim ram retired you can call me sarge it's thursday january 13th 2022 and we are going to be talking today with uh, uh, constitutional scholar and forensic historian mike gaddy as we usually do on thursdays and uh, today we're going to be talking about the uh, us government being a law machine <laughs> or law manufacturing machine something like that but anyway yeah uh, well, let's look, get to it and we'll see what mike has to say good afternoon mike how's it going
1: doing real well jim uh, how are you sir
0: i am just better than i deserve so i've been thinking about this well. for a long time we got all these bureaucrats who put out these bogus uh you know not laws and uh, the government who basically just keep you know, writing this crap to uh, justify their existence. I think it'd be fun to have a constitutional amendment, say for each law you pass, you got to repeal two others. (laughs) What do you think? What's going on?
1: Jim, I think if we had honest government, I think that every new session of Congress, they would go in and repeal all of the laws that have proved unconstitutional or against the rights of the people, which should be their first job, but no, they've never done that. They believe that their job is to create new laws, and eventually, and that's part of uh, the program for today, eventually, and that's what happens to governments such as this one, After 230 years of constantly making new laws, both at the federal and the state level, eventually the people are so bound and so restricted that they can't do anything. Because you can't continue to have laws, 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 which can be enforced with violence you can't continue to have them and have freedom. It just does not work. It's an impossibility. Yep. And, you know, one of the things I was thinking about this as I put the program together for today. And I was thinking of, during my lifetime, especially in the last 40 years, when I really began to be involved in what we would call the patriot movement, I guess, of the people who saw that something was terribly wrong and they wanted to go back to the principles of freedom and liberty, and especially rightful liberty as described by Thomas Jefferson. And Jefferson in that definition, uh, or in that description said that uh, he did not mention the law because the law was often nothing but the tyrant's will. And always so when it violated the rights of an individual. And so, he didn't hold a great deal of confidence in laws. And I think justly so because, uh, again, government can pass something which 30, 40 years later can be proved to be totally wrong, but for 30 or 40 years, the people had to suffer under it. And a great example of that, there are two of them, and both of them have to do with issues that we're facing today. And number one, 1857, the U.S. Supreme Court said that slavery was indeed legal and constitutional. Well, you know, what? how, how many years later did we have to have the 13th Amendment to right the wrongs of government? Not to right the wrongs of people. To right the wrongs of government. And then in 1896, we had that Plessy v. Ferguson ruling, separate but equal, which was also morally wrong. And yet we didn't get that rescinded until Brown versus Board of Education 60 years later. So for 60 years, the people lived under tyranny of government. Now, it's always surprised me, Jim, that people will tolerate from government Things which they would never tolerate from their family, their friends, their neighbors, their preacher, or their bankers. And the great examples of that are, you know, and you and I have talked about this before, Jim, Article 1, Section 8, Clause 1, which gave the government the power and the authority to take as much of your money and property as they want at any time for any reason they deemed necessary and proper. And I remember asking you on a previous show, if you and I were going into business, would you allow me to have that kind of power in a partnership?
0: No, absolutely not.
1: Well, but then why do we think it's okay if government has it? And now we are realizing this same dynamic under this false pandemic.
0: Yeah. Big deal. We,
1: we are we are allowing the government to tell us to do things which we wouldn't allow anyone to tell us to do.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Now, what if, what if, uh, you know, uh, two years ago, Jim, what if you had a loved one in a, in a nursing home and that, that loved one was very, very special to you. And they were in their last days. You knew that they weren't going to be with us much longer. Now, what would you have done if your neighbor said, well, Jim, I'm sorry, but you can't go see them. (laughs)
0: i said stop me
1: okay what if one of your members of your family said the same thing same thing what if your preacher said that same thing (laughs) what if your banker said that
0: (laughs) same thing
1: well then why do we tolerate it from government
0: i don't (laughs) you know well but it's interesting but i haven't had good, anybody you know? in that situation during this time but it would have been interesting there would have been film at 11
1: <laughs> well i promise you it would have been the same with me because uh i know how how absolutely valuable my grandfather was to me and i've always thought about this many times i sat with my grandfather when he passed away of course i believe he passed away earlier but they'd put him on uh life support, and I believe he had passed away before they put him on that. But he had said that uh, he did not want to be put on life support, and we uh, went, uh, and his doctor came in, and she told the people in the hospital, wait a minute, he's already told me, unhook this stuff. Yep. He doesn't want to be here. But if someone would have told me that I couldn't be there, oh uh, yeah, it would have been filmed at 11. Yep. I promise you. Mm-hmm. But Jim, let's go back. I, I think this is critical. I've really looked forward to this uh, this lesson today or uh, program today because I've really put a lot of thought into this. And I realized as my thoughts came to a culmination, and I, I thought about you know just doing this on one of my own programs, but uh, no, I, I had brought this subject up, and I'm, I'm going to do it here. Okay. But <clears throat> James Madison and the Federalist sold the Constitution, Federalist number 10 people, sold the Constitution as a means to prevent the majority from dominating the minority. Now, that sounds good, doesn't it? (laughs) Yeah, a bunch of people can't tell us what to do if we're a minority. Yet the exact opposite was created with the Constitution.
0: Yeah, that's what I was just thinking. It's, a, it's the minority that's telling the majority what to do. <laughs> well,
1: how many times in government have we had them throw this at us? What about the Affordable Health Care Act?
0: Yeah.
1: What about the Patriot Act? Mm-hmm. Where we are told that it's going to do something that it does exactly the opposite. That is the modus operandi of government. Government cannot be honest with the people because if government was honest, the people would destroy the government. There you go. Now, stop and think about this. In today's America, there are 535 people who rule this country. Now, those are the people we know who rule the country. We know there are others, but these are the 535 we believe rule the country
0: yeah they're the puppets on the end of the strings
1: right okay but let's take for instance the house of representatives the senate and the president that makes 526 people okay now jim what percentage of the entire population is 526 people
0: teeny 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 teeny,
1: tiny Okay, well, let me give you 0001. the exact <laughs> let me give you the exact figures point zero 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 one six two that's the percentage of people who are there in positions which are elected but wait wait there are nine people yeah who can overrule those 526 at any time they so desire. And let's remember that those nine people are unelected, politically well-connected lawyers, are in office for life. And they are put into a position to overrule any action of that 526 people who allegedly represent the people. Now, what percentage is that, Jim, of the total population? <laughs> oh, well, I, I've done the math for you. So okay. it's point zero 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 three. Ooh. So a minority of nine people over 300 million is ruling this country with an iron hand. Yet we think we have representation in government because we can vote. Yet let's stop and think about this. Yet each member of the House of Representatives somehow represents the interest of three quarters of a million people. Close to it. Uh, Today we are told that each representative represents 740,000 people. Now I would ask anyone: Is that possible? Jim, if I told you you had to represent seven hundred and forty thousand people in Ohio, do you would you say, yeah, I can do that? Not really. How could you? That is a physical impossibility. Because of that seven of that three quarters of a million people, how many of them disagree? <laughs> Bunches. And the other thing is, is. Do you really believe that your representative in Congress even knows what you care about? Because you may write them a letter, do you think they ever see it? No. Oh no. They have staff that write letters and responsive letters. I've had them I when I back when I believed that you could actually write him a letter and it would make a difference, which was about 40 years ago. I actually got a letter back one time, which was a response to a question I had never asked. Wasn't even on my subject.
0: <laughs> uh, somebody sent the wrong form letter out. huh?
1: <laughs> Obviously. So, but Jim, I think there is something critical that we have missed. And like I said, I remember from, you know, about 40 years ago, getting involved in the alleged Patriot movement And for 40 years, I have heard people come up with a numerous amount of what I call magic beans. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, if we just do this, we're going to be free. If we just do that, we are going to be free. Some of them even claim that by an amendment which was never properly ratified, we can be free. How many people have said, oh, well, the 14th Amendment and because the 14th Amendment said I was this, I can now become free because I claim that I do not go along with this, that, or the other. But you still have to appeal to government, right? You still have to appeal to government. If you have to appeal to government to represent your rights, which they said they would never do by voting down a Bill of Rights unanimously at the Constitutional Convention, if you have to depend on government to protect your rights you're screwed it's not going to happen now here is something that i was thinking about jim and i wanted to get into we have a declaration of independence Mm -hmm. which we allegedly celebrate every year on the 4th of july right right Mm -hmm. all right yet when 13 southern states sought to exercise the tenets of the Declaration of Independence. They were killed, raped, and economically destroyed. Mm -hmm. Of course, the government takes the high road and claims they inflicted all of that tyranny to free the black race. Right, yeah. Yet, at the same time, their alleged cause was constitutionally protected because of Dred Scott, the, the Dred Scott decision. Slavery was constitutional. So if you believe the North and their, they went to war to protect, to free the black men, the North was fighting against the Constitution. Mm-hmm because the Constitution said slavery was legal. And in in Lincoln's first inaugural address, he said that he did not intend to mess with the institution of slavery because he didn't have the power to do so. But yet he did. Now, here's something I think that we miss on many, many, many occasions, Jim. Now, we're all familiar with each state had to ratify the Constitution to join the Union, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, three states included in their ratification documents the right of secession. Yep. They were accepted into the Union. So, they were accepted into the Union with the right of secession. Article 4 Section 2 of the Constitution says that all states have the same rights and privileges. Correct. Now, if those if those three states were allowed to join the Union with the provision that they could secede, then all states have that provision. Yep. And guess what, Jim? That has never been argued in any federal court in the country. Nope. All right, well, let's, let's just look at what did the people of Virginia say in their ratification agreement, which the federal government accepted. And here's what it says. We, the delegates of the people of Virginia, duly elected in pursuance of a recommendation from the General Assembly and now met in convention, have fully and freely investigated and discussed the proceedings of the federal convention." And being prepared, as well as the most mature deliberation hath enabled us to decide thereon, do, in the name and in behalf of the people of Virginia, declare and make known that the powers granted under the Constitution, being derived from the people of the United States, may be resumed by them whensoever the same shall be perverted to their injury or oppression, and that every power not granted thereby remains with them and at their will, that therefore no right of any denomination can be canceled, abridged, restrained, or modified by the Congress, by the Senate, or House of Representatives acting in any capacity— By the president or any department or officer of the United States, except in those instances in which power is given by the Constitution for those purposes, and that among other essential rights, the liberty of conscience and the press cannot be canceled, abridged, restrained, or modified by the authority of the United States. That's what Virginia said. Powerful. Okay, what did Rhode Island say? Rhode Island said, in that there are certain natural rights of which men, when they form a social compact, cannot derive or divest their posterity, among which are the enjoyment of life and liberty, with the means of acquiring, possessing, and protecting their property, and pursuing and obtaining happiness and safety. That all power is naturally vested in and consequently derived from the people. That magistrates, therefore, are their trustees and agents and at all times amenable to them. That the powers of government may be reassumed by the people whensoever it shall become necessary to their happiness. That's Rhode Island. So what did New York say? (laughs) New York said that the enjoyment of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness are essential rights, which every government ought to respect and preserve, that the powers of government may be re-assumed by the people whensoever it shall become necessary to their happiness, that every power, jurisdiction, and right which is not by the said constitution clearly delegated to the Congress of the United States or the departments of the government thereof, remains to the people of the states or to their respective state governments to whom they may have granted the same. But, Jim, here is something most people don't know. Now, I remember historian Sheldon Richmond, I remember reading a book that he wrote, gosh, years ago. And in that book, he said that the Constitution was a revolution in favor of government. It was not a revolution in favor of the people. It was a revolution in favor of government. Now, I just read the provisions from three state ratification convention, and they were accepted, which constitutes a contract. By accepting that, the government, you can go through all the legalese you want to, by accepting that, the government of the United States accepted those provisions as part of the ratification process. They are written and have been recognized for 230-some years. But the U.S. government, through its lawmaking ability, has neutralized and completely neutralized the Declaration of Independence and almost all state constitutions with one federal law, 18 U.S.C. 2383. Now let me read that. (laughs) Whoever incites, set on foot, assists, or engages in any rebellion or insurrection against the authority of the United States or the laws thereof, or aids or gives aid or comfort thereto, shall be fined under this title or imprisoned not more than 10 years or both, and shall be incapable of holding any office under the United States. With one federal law, the United States government nullified the Declaration of Independence and the state constitutions, because almost every state constitution that you pick up has in its provisions usually very early in that document, the right of the people to alter or abolish the government. So the federal government passed a law, again, 18 U.S.C. 2383, which says that the Declaration of Independence is null and void. Thoughts, Jim?
0: Yeah, it's just typical you set up a uh your own crap game and you play it within yourself and then if anybody you know you act like you're fighting each other and then when someone from outside the crap game threatens the crap game you all work together to support and protect and defend the crap game and then on top of that you also pass laws that keep people from uh, you know trying to shut down your crap game <laughs> and that's what we got going on here and these people are just, you know, they're constantly producing new laws and new things to try and, you know, cover their bases and all that kind of thing. But you're right. You know, if, if we had an honest government, which we don't, we never have, uh, first thing they would do is go through and get rid of all the unconstitutional stuff, which would, uh, boy, the 50 volumes of the U.S. Code would shrink dramatically at that point. And uh, the Code of Federal Regulations would <laughs> be a lot lighter um yeah i don't well, know
1: jim one of the things that gets to me in this is again over the thirty to five to 40 years i've been involved in this how many times have i heard people say well the supreme court said this well yeah. the supreme court said that well if we just if we file this against the courts they have to they have to listen to us yeah Bullshit. Right.
0: yeah look they what's going to on right to now anything
1: you say yeah look, that's look, exactly look. it jim Yeah, These hearings they're having
0: right now on the COVID mandates, you know, I'd listen to some of these morons and I mean, they're on both sides of the aisle. It's not, not just the liberal justices, but you know, some of the others besides and the one thing that they should be looking at, they, I haven't heard any mention of at all. And the question should be, is there any authority in the constitution granted to the U S government to mandate these kind of things? The answer is clearly no. But they're not even looking at that. You know, they're worried about, oh, it's such a terrible thing, and so many people are dying, we have to do something. No, you don't. You know, there's no, uh, in event of uh, a the, uh, these this document is null and void. <laughs> you know, but...
1: Well, to paraphrase Samuel Adams, no greater harms against the people will ever be committed than those which are deemed necessary.
0: Right. Yep. Yeah. the uh,
1: uh, Well, Jim, let's look at something else. Uh, we have a Declaration of Independence, and people feel that that is our foundation document. Would you agree?
0: Yeah, I would say, well, it, I'd say it, it goes back even to the Mayflower Compact, but uh, I would say it's probably one of the big ones.
1: Did the Declaration of Independence create America, or did the Constitution create America?
0: Depends on how you look at it. <laughs> I think the Declaration of Independence separated us from Britain, which in and of itself created America. Okay. Then the Constitution created This little, well, it created the crap game that runs America.
1: (laughs) Well, here, stop and think about this. You would think that in 230 some years, the Supreme Court might have dealt with the tenets or the provisions of the Declaration of Independence. Has that ever happened?
0: Not that I'm aware of.
1: It hasn't. No decision by the U.S. Supreme Court has ever been based on the Declaration of Independence. The Declaration of Independence is cited many times in Supreme Court decisions as the spirit of the Constitution, but with no authority. In other words, in interpreting the Constitution, the Supreme Court of the United States will cite the declaration to support their decision
2: mm-hmm.
1: in one way or another. Now, here I will give you a, uh, a case as an example. In Cotting versus Goddard, eight, 183 U.S. 79 in 1901, the U.S. Supreme Court said, and I quote, while such declaration of principles may not have the effect of organic law, What they said right there is the Declaration of Independence has no effect. It says, or be made the basis of judicial decision. So you can't use the Declaration of Independence for a judicial decision. (laughs) As to the limits of the rights and duty, and while in all cases reference must be had to the organic law of the nation for such limits... So, in other words, if you want to limit the government, you cannot cite the Declaration of Independence. You have to cite the Constitution, which was a revolution in favor of government. And it says, yet the latter is but the body and the letter of which the former is the thought and spirit. Does that sound like a bunch of lawyers?
0: Yeah, that's, uh, if I'm not mistaken, attorney means twister of words. (laughs) They sure, sure live up to it.
1: Well, and that would be true. And and then they go on to say, it is always safe to read the letter of the Constitution in the spirit of the Declaration of Independence without giving authority to the former, or to the latter, I'm sorry. (laughs) Man. So... We have no Declaration of Independence, people, because the Supreme Court said we don't. It's a spirit that we can lean on. It's a spirit that we can quote. It's something we can have a bunch of cookouts on July the 4th and celebrations, but it has no legal standing in our government. How can the foundation document that created a country have no basis? Now, here is the point I made earlier, Jim, is that almost every state, all 50, 57 if you like Obama, but all 50 states have in their provision the right to abolish or amend this government. And yet one federal law makes that a felony. Now, Jim, if we want to talk about the magic bean when are we ever going to have an attorney stand before a federal court and say that the laws manufactured by this Constitution have destroyed the Declaration of Independence?
0: Good now, question. couldn't
1: couldn't someone make that argument in these uh, January six trials?
0: Yeah, I would think so.
1: Where is the attorney that has the? Cahonies to do that.
0: Never found one.
1: And you're not going to because they know the minute they do, their 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 uh, legal career is over. Yeah,
0: they'll be disbarred. Yes, they'll be attacked. The club, again, the crap game game will come after them. They'll all gather their little chips in a circle and attack the people that are on the outside. And the thing is, is that law that basically makes it illegal to change the government is unconstitutional. I would say,
1: Amen, Amen. Mm -hmm. But Jim, why do people believe they need government?
0: That's I've been pushing that a lot lately when I talk with people. I said, you know, imagine what it would be like if we go back to what you know, the first hundred and fifty years or so of this country, there was no government people got along just fine uh no taxes per se <laughs> except what uh britain well not in britain but anyway um you know we had no taxes we created our own roads and we got together and you know, as communities and did what we needed to do and things were good and then all of a sudden these guys come in and said well we need to do this
3: okay <laughs>
1: Well, Jim, uh, let's stop and think about the Whiskey Rebellion just for a second. I think this is a classic example. Now, all most Americans are ever taught about the Whiskey Rebellion was the fact that some uh, guys out there in western Pennsylvania said, no, we're not going to pay this tax. We're not going to do this. And then uh, Alexander Hamilton is promoted to uh, major general, and he and Washington ride in the head of a 15,000 troops into pennsylvania to put down what in essence was a tax rebellion which was the exact same damn thing that founded this country right a tax rebellion Mm -hmm. so they ride out into pennsylvania now jim the thing that's not taught in our marxist school system is the fact that especially in the south yeah and in other states they had the uh, whiskey uh, tax was there, too, but do you know why it couldn't be enforced?
0: Because nobody would sign up to be the tax agents.
1: <laughs> there you go. No, Everybody said, hell, I'm not going to collect uh, taxes for the government.
0: Bingo. So many things today, could be stopped if people would say, "No, yeah, I ain't doing it. You know, the government says, well, well you employers have to do this. No, we don't.
1: Well, Jim, you were a law enforcement officer.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, What would happen if law enforcement in itself said, uh, we're going to quit collecting revenue from the people who have committed crimes without a victim?
0: If they did it as a whole, it would be rather interesting. You know there are people out there, myself included, who did it individually. Um, once they kind of figured out what was going on, and uh, unfortunately it was not enough to make a difference. But I think it would be very uh, telling if entire departments, and maybe you know throughout complete states, would would do something like that. It'd be it'd be interesting to see.
1: Well, Jim. It brings to mind an old friend that I had back in New Mexico. In San Juan County in Farmington, New Mexico, he was he was a retired captain of the Farmington, New Mexico Police Department. And his name was Ben Sanchez. And I had years and years of conversations with Ben, a wonderful guy, and he told I asked him one time, "What is your What is your takeaway?" from your years in law enforcement. And he said, the thing I was most proud of is the fact that during my tenure, especially as an officer in the police department, I unarrested more people than I ever arrested.
0: Hmm. That's cool.
1: He said, I would travel. He said, I would be out at night. He said, most captains would sit behind a desk down at the station house and uh, watch TV or do basically nothing. Right. He he said, on my watch, I got out there. When I heard an officer had a a stop or I had an officer involved in an arrest, I went there. Mm -hmm. And he said, then especially I would ask them, uh, well, what, uh, where's the victim of this crime? And he (laughs) said, when they told me, well, there's really no victim except the state. And he said, well, who in the state got hurt? And he said, Well, well, nobody. And he said, Well, unarrest those people and go back home. (laughs) That's good. And, you know, I always had the greatest, greatest respect for Ben Sanchez. He and I spent years talking together and was just a, you know, I was really surprised. And, but you know what he told me? He said, Uh, there were a lot of people in the police department told me we wish the hell we'd have never promoted you.
0: <laughs> yeah, if they'd been in my department, they would have been screwed with relentlessly like I was. <laughs> you know, I had, well, uh, just, uh, just for the fun of it. I can remember one night, uh, one of my guys had uh, traded shifts every once in a while, somebody needs some time off and they, someone else is already on vacation so in order to get the time they want they have to find someone else on another shift who's willing to exchange positions with them and this person ended up trading with one of the young druggie go-getters you know he he had been to the highway patrol's drug interdictions uh, school and was out profiling people all over the place and uh, he stops this car that has two black girls in it and the way the courts have ruled at least at that point before you can try to do a drug interdiction thing and do a a search of the car you have to have completed your you know whatever you stopped them for issued a ticket or warning or whatever and told them they were free to go then at that point you could ask them by the way would you mind if i look through your car and these girls you know i and i went when i heard him on the traffic stop i i went to to back him up and then i was just watching from a distance and he was literally browbeating these people they were they clearly did not want to let him go through his car he had no their car he had no probable cause whatsoever and finally after about 10 minutes of this stuff i should have i should have stepped in sooner but i just wanted to let him you know build a case so i could you know tell him for sure And I just walked up and I said, "Ladies, I want to make this clear to you. You have no no right, nor no net, uh, no need whatsoever to let him go through your car. He has no authority. If you don't want him to go through your car, just say so right now, and you'll be free to go. We don't want him going through our car." I said, "Thank you, ladies. Have a nice night. You're free to go." And then I took him aside and I said, "Don't ever do that again on one of my shifts." I said those people have rights you're here you swore an oath to protect their rights not to violate them and you won't do that on my shifts you know what you do otherwise is someone your other supervisor's requirements you know he's going to have to answer for it but you're not going to do that on my shift and uh, that was the end of that he never uh, never transferred into my shift ever again either (laughs) you know generally he was a good guy but he was just brainwashed by the system that was the whole thing. Brainwashed by the system is the best way to put it. And uh,
1: Well, Jim, oh, go ahead, sir. I'm no,
0: i it. say that was it.
1: Well, one of the things people will tell you that the initial basis that people claim they need government for is to protect them from people who are wicked.
0: <laughs> what they don't Which, know is the most wicked people they'll ever deal with are the ones in government.
1: Well, you know, and that goes back to the 1600s argument between Thomas Hobbes and John Locke, and Thomas Hobbes said, we must have government because there are evil people in this world, and John Locke says, well, that's true, but what happens when the evil people run your government? Now that's that's taken us back a a few, uh, <laughs> a few days, folks, uh, and that argument was, but people will tell you today that they need government for protection. And so let's accept. having granted that a government can perform a defensive function by apprehending and punishing the criminal, We have to look at government on a much broader scale, in my opinion. It is easy for me to say. It is immediately apparent that there is no government in all the world, saving only extremely small and local constabularies, which reserve for itself only the simple and partial constructive function of protecting people from criminals. The prevention of crime and the punishment of the criminal have become, in most instances, a totally subsidiary department of government. In the main, governments have gone far beyond this simple field of activity. Today, especially in America, governments this government and state governments, local governments, concern themselves in general not with criminals but with the law-abiding citizens. Mm -hmm. Every citizen is a victim of the aggressive tactics of government. Now, government begins by seizing the arbitrary and total power of deciding how much of your money and property it wants. Wow. Article 1, Section 8, Clause 1. Mm Mm-hmm. Then it collects the money without a care or a concern for the plight of the individual who must pay what the government demands or be punished the same as a criminal. Next, the government establishes hundreds and thousands of regulations which prescribe and proscribe particular practices Almost every action of every citizen in today's world has its legal do's and don'ts. The list of prohibitions and compulsions is so vast, we couldn't even begin to cover them in today's program, Jim, I don't think.
0: Yeah. You but know, stop that's and
1: a, think. Go ahead.
0: That's the thing. You know, you have, you know, just for example, they take something that is a right travel and they regulate it by first coming up with commercial use which must be licensed of course and then they slowly but surely sucker people into accepting a license for not commercial use but for just you know exercising their right to travel in under the guise of oh we'll give you cheaper insurance rates if you have a license and that kind of thing And then once they've got you sucked into the licensing system licensing system then they have all these you know traffic codes that now as someone who's licensed you must comply you have volunteered into this system where if you do any of these terrible things uh, like going a certain arbitrary speed over what they think is appropriate boom all of a sudden you got to pay or if you turn left without letting everybody in the world know it you got to (laughs) pay and they you know they create a system where they at at their will they can just come up with more and more of these restrictive codes again victimless crimes that um, you know you get stuck paying for it's all more taxation and that's what people don't realize is you know police officers basically are nothing more than corporate security guards and corporate tax collectors and more towards the tax on this this end of things more anymore you know there's very little of law enforcement that is actually used to prevent crime and track down those that have actually harmed people through robberies and rapes and you know murders and those kind of things that's a very very small percentage the most of it is tax collection and it sucks
1: Well, Jim, let me give you a personal example. 2014 in Colorado, I am riding down the highway on my Harley Davidson motorcycle. And I am riding along at uh, the prescribed speed limit, somewhere at least close of 55 miles an hour. And I'm riding down the highway, and suddenly a truck turns left in front of me. And thank goodness I had years and years of motorcycle experience and very i remember instantaneously thinking if i hit that truck or that trailer i'm done oh yeah so i dropped my motorcycle i slide down the highway and i naturally got several injuries at that speed
2: Mm -hmm. and
1: i remember Being in the back of the ambulance, sitting at the site of the accident, and a state policeman, female type, steps into the ambulance, and she asked me for my account of the accident. And I told her, and uh, she said, a truck pulled in front of you, and I said, yes, turned left across in front of me. And she said, well, uh, where is that truck? And I said, well, it's sitting right there in that driveway. And she said, there ain't no truck there, buddy. And I said, well, he must have left the scene of the accident. And she said, okay. So then I'm in the hospital in the emergency room and I'm being treated. And another state policeman comes in and gives me a citation for reckless driving. And I said, well, I figured you revenue pimps would get here in short order because the other person left the scene of the crime, so you had to have. Uh, um,
0: you got to get <laughs> somebody.
1: you got to get somebody, so you're giving me a. Uh, and he said, I am not a revenue primp, pimp. And I said, I said, really, Sergeant? I said, look at the, look at the ticket you just gave me. I am to send my money to where? The Colorado Department of Revenue. <laughs> but you're not a revenue pimp. Well, you 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 probably you just send in your money. You shouldn't fight this. And I said, "Oh well, hell, I'm going to fight it." I promise you I'm going to fight it. And ironically, Jim, I showed up for trial and no member of the state police showed up and the case was dismissed.
0: Yep. There but, you go.
1: But let's stop and think about what actually the government has done instead of protecting the people from criminals. Oh yeah. So so the government says, "Okay, we're going to now we are going to tax you and we are going to issue regulations on business operations, licenses, as you mentioned, Jim, building mm-hmm. regulations, zoning, mm-hmm. hours of employment." Prices, trade, quotas, embargoes, subsidies, grants and aid, traffic, assembly, slander, libel, trespass, health, cleanliness, quality, quantity, method, education, indoctrination, propaganda, news, pictures, morals, food, drink, clothing, housing, sanitation, roads, farms, transportation. Search seizure, your mental capacity, exchange of parcels by post, and I could go on, but uh, it's just keep we, we, on we would, yeah, we would need we would need uh, three programs, Jim.
0: Yep, yep.
1: It can it can truthfully and honestly be said, Jim, that there is no activity in which human beings engage which is free of legality think what you will, do what you will, there is a law somewhere which either compels, limits, or prohibits. Would you agree?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. You know, another uh, anecdotal situation years and years and years ago. making a call for my wife, and uh, she's been involved in an accident. Somebody struck her and she's in the city of columbus i go to the scene and uh, everybody's okay and they're just finishing up the paperwork and uh, the other person is cited but um, i get a copy of the report down the road and i'm i'm watching this uh female officer of a minority brand which you know may or may not make anything you know but I, I had a chance to talk to her and I'd, definitely they were hiring a handicap that day but it was amazing to me when I when I obtained a copy of the report this report or the, the actual collision it was an ACDA a fair a sure clear distance. my wife stopped and somebody plowed into the back of her um, probably 50 yards from the closest intersection just on a straight section of road and when i get the accident report it had no semblance of reality of what actually happened now it's in an intersection (laughs) and i couldn't believe it you know the 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 officers uh Lay out, you know the way they they you have to do a narrative of what took place and it was basically incoherent and i called the uh precinct and you know filed a complaint with a supervisor or said i want to speak to the supervisor And he actually came to my house and you know i explained to him i said look at this thing this accident i was there it was nowhere near the intersection and you know everything here is wrong Oh, that's just the way we do it. What? <laughs> they have a rule in Columbus. Every collision takes place in an intersection, whether it does or not. And I said, that's filing a false police report, and the police are the ones that are filing it. You know, <laughs> there's no semblance of reality to what, you know, every single, per- and in every wreck, someone is going to be cited. That's their department policy, regardless of whether it was uh you know ice on the road or uh faulty equipment brake failure something like that somebody's going to be ticketed and the only reason for that is number one the officers are too stupid to know how to figure out how to do an accident report in the first place so we got to put it in the intersection and number two they're making money on everybody and that's just insane but as you know that was over 20 years ago so i don't know if they've changed things much or not but uh Back then, it was it just floored me. I said, "You gotta be kidding me!" Every accident takes place in an intersection. Well, I'll tell you what, this one sure didn't. <laughs> and had my well, wife Jim, been the one that got the ticket, I would have gone to court and with her, and there we'd have just had some fun. But
1: well, Jim, uh, one of the things I remember is uh, after my accident, I was sitting in a uh, coffee shop and uh, a member of the Colorado State Police comes in, and I knew him. We had talked on several occasions. He had actually attended some of my Constitution classes. So he comes over. I didn't invite him over, but he came over and said, "Uh, you mind some company? I said, no, not at all. He was in uniform. He sits down. And uh, I told him about the... I didn't tell him I was involved in it. I told him about the circumstances Mm -hmm. of the accident. And I said, uh, how... Could uh, the state police issue a criminal citation in an accident they did not witness? Yeah. And he said, well, let me clue you in on something, Mike. It is our policy. We have been instructed from above that if we get called to the scene of an accident, someone gets a ticket.
0: Mm hmm.
1: He said, the other person in your accident had left the scene of the accident.
0: You were the onlyest one left. <laughs> and you were the only person
1: left, buddy. He said, you were in the back of an ambulance. You couldn't get away. You got the ticket.
0: That's just absolutely crap.
1: But, you know. But that's that's I w- the
0: way it is most places.
1: But I told him. I said, I appreciate your honesty.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And he said, well, please don't quote me. I could lose my job. <laughs> And I said, well, why do you continue if you know it's wrong? Bingo. And of course, of course, then I got the old thing, well, you know, I've got 18 years invested in this job and my family needs my money and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. But, Jim, stop and think about something. Is there any activity in which we as human beings engage that's free of legality?
0: It's very difficult to find it.
1: Well, would you say that has come about because we've had 230 years of lawmakers?
0: Yeah, that's probably one of the strongest uh, points for it. There is,
1: you know, think what you will, do what you will. There is a law somewhere which either compels, limits, or prohibits almost everything we do.
0: yeah including sitting here right now. Right. We've probably broken several federal laws. <laughs>
1: well, I'm sure we have. <laughs> Thus, the average person today, who is buttressed by government, surrounded and overshadowed by government, finds themselves a lawbreaker several times during an average day. And this fact, this is what's critical. This fact turns most Americans from being a law-abiding citizen into a law-breaking citizen and equates the people who violate unconstitutional laws or regulations in the same category as those who break laws with aggressive criminal intent.
0: Oh, yeah. Take, for example, here recently, parents going to public uh, school board meetings to voice their displeasure at all the crap that's going on and they're being labeled domestic terrorists you yeah. <laughs>
1: know well jim uh, help me out with this who uh oh i just remembered sheriff arpaio in joe uh, remember him oh yeah yeah well he got all kind of positive press and all the other stuff he was doing But I went to a meeting in Mesa, Arizona when he came in and there were some people there complaining about some of the actions of his officers. And before he spoke, he demanded that his officers remove those people from the audience.
0: No surprise there.
1: Well, you know, the government, Jim, cannot concern itself with anything but the universal obedience to its dictates. Yeah. Thus, any violation of law becomes in essence, a punishable offense. And, you know, the government does maintain certain classifications, you know, uh, uh, misdemeanor, a uh, felony, civil criminal, and, you know, other such things. The fact remains that even in civil matters, government can and will punish and apprehend with vigor and even violence
0: oh yeah and the okay. thing is it doesn't have to be a violation of law right contempt of cop right <laughs> or or whoever it is you know take the guy that his his daughter was uh sexually assaulted in in school the school board covered it up he goes to the board meeting to uh voice his opinion and he is <coughs> They start by telling him to leave, which then he's not, he refuses to leave. He wants to say his piece. And then, of course, the local sheriff's department or whoever, you know, somebody with badges comes up and grabs a hold of him. And when he tries to shake him off and talk, he's then not only charged, you know, he's arrested and then charged with resisting arrest, <laughs> you know, and he's got to go through trial and all this other junk. Just an absolute travesty. The people that Jim. should be arrested are the suckers h- holding the hearing that exactly. let this stuff happen.
1: But, Jim, are you aware that the Supreme Court of the United States, which I disdain mightily, has said that the citizen has the right to resist an unlawful arrest? Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. I've got the court case, I think. Well, I don't have it on this one. My laptop downstairs, I've got it in my files. Um, there are, I believe there are several ones. And uh, if if you determine that the person that's arresting you is doing so without lawful authority, you have every right to use whatever force necessary to resist that arrest. Right. Uh,
1: That was uh, John Bad Elk, I believe,
0: was one of the decisions,
1: the Supreme Court decision. Uh, But anyway, people, this is not the fault of government that they do all this stuff. This is the very nature of government. This is the major point which people eventually have to understand. Government which passes and enforces endless rules and codes is not out of character when it does that. It is actually in character. That is the way any and all government operates. And the longer a given government endures, the more more numerous will be the laws it enacts. And people, we are looking right down the barrel of that today with this pandemic BS. It is the business of government to pass laws and then to enforce them. Laws are the productive sum of all government effort. Therefore, it is not to be wondered at when thousands and thousands of new laws come into existence every year. It would actually be unusual if that didn't happen under the auspices of government. Government is in fact a law factory. Title of our show today. It passes laws in the same manner that any other type of factory builds a product. Government is a lawmaking tool. But whereas the factory, which produces jelly beans, for instance, is providing a product which might be useful to the citizens in most instances, in which certain citizens will purchase voluntarily, you either want the jelly beans or you don't, the government factory extrudes compulsion, which is useful principally to the government itself. But you have purchased these in advance, people, and you are never in a position to refuse to buy what the government produces. Now, again, I take us back to the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. The Constitution of the United States is an anti-Declaration of Independence document.
0: Your thoughts, Jim? you caught me off guard I, we got talking about the uh, right to resist unlawful arrest and i started doing some research
1: <laughs> oh
0: shame well, on that me
1: happened. that happened my friend i'm sorry i didn't mean oh to. that's
0: okay and i you know i try to be listening and while i'm doing it but sometimes I, I started reading some stuff and it just caught me <laughs> well, i was just I, reading a louisiana law review thing
1: well, I can't be critical of uh, the things I do myself, yep. uh, but uh, I, I've been known to do that, and I, I lose uh, concentration. But uh, we have, how, Jim, is it possible to say the Constitution of the United States is not anti-Declaration of Independence?
0: I don't know how you could. You know, it it definitely is uh, oppositional to You know the the whole idea behind the declaration was to secure our god-given rights and get government to recognize them and when we got the constitution we got a document that created a government that does just the opposite as we have seen here especially in the last couple of years
1: well jim with the articles of confederation did we have a more favorable declaration of independence ruling
0: based on my limited knowledge i would say yes like I, I i still have not had a chance to go back and really read through the whole articles of confederation but from what i have gathered just in the parts that i have read and the the these shows that we've done i would say more than likely it was a much better uh, thing at securing liberties and rights than the current constitution
1: Well, it had its weaknesses, Jim. It certainly did. Mm -hmm. But, you know, here, I'm, I'm kind of going to jump ship a little bit here, and I want to bring up something that I brought up recently to my study class. And here is something that really, really troubled me, and that's Article 6, Clause 3 of the U.S. Constitution, which says that no religious oath shall ever be made. Yeah. Well... You can't make a religious oath, but you can make an oath to the Constitution. Now, you can't make an oath to God, but you can make an oath to a Constitution. Is there a lesson in there somewhere?
0: Yeah, they're putting government before God.
1: Oh, really? Well, Jim,
0: that makes we have... government the God.
1: Right. We have all read the the uh, you know the uh, preamble to the Constitution, right? Hmm. okay here is something I found that most people are unaware of there was the offer of a preamble to the constitution that was offered which the federalists turned down the federalists in charge of the constitution constitutional convention said no we do not want that preamble let me read this preamble to the people and you Jim and you tell me what's wrong with this preamble and tell me why the Federalists would unanimously reject this preamble to the Constitution. Now, instead of the preamble we have today, we, the people of the United States, order for more perfect and establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Instead of that, this was offered, and I'm going to read it slowly, for all of the public food system graduates. "...we the people of the United States, in a firm belief of the being and perfections of the one living and true God, the creator and supreme governor of the world, in his universal providence and the authority of his laws, that he will require of all moral agents an account of their conduct." That all rightful powers among men are ordained of and immediately derived from God. Therefore, in a dependence on his blessing and acknowledgement of his efficient protection in establishing our independence whereby it has become necessary to agree upon and settle a constitution of federal government for ourselves and our posterity. And then they went on with the rest of the deck of the preamble. Why would anyone who claims to be a Christian reject that preamble, Jim?
0: Especially in exchange for what we got. (laughs) Man, that's beautiful.
1: Oh, it is. And they had that. They could have accepted that. Mm -hmm. Why would they have voted unanimously to reject that?
3: Because they didn't want God being involved.
1: Why would they have then gone to Article 6, Paragraph 3, and said no religious oath shall ever be required to serve in
0: government? Same reason. They didn't want anybody or anything above government. Hmm. wow this is the be all the end all the head gyrasticutus as far as we're concerned
1: well it is on my part when I first read that Jim I got cold chills Mm -hmm. when I first read that that they were offered this as a preamble and they rejected it unanimously
0: Mm -mm -mm. that's unbelievable
1: hmm well, Jim, uh, do you want to uh, kind of cover me for a couple of minutes here where I take care of something?
0: Sure. No problem. Thank you, buddy. Yeah, I um, covered a lot of this kind of stuff on my show this morning over on Ex-Wife Number 3, as Roger likes to put it, <laughs> on TFR, and uh, spent a whole 27-minute min- segment on... Uh, why I honestly believe that every time I go into a store and see somebody wearing a face diaper, I'm looking in the face of a enemy of freedom. And uh, these are the people that have willfully and without any concern, question, uh, regard for the liberties of themselves, their family members, their posterity, and their fellow Americans, just given all these things up. And they honestly believe that they comply; they can comply their way out of tyranny. If we just comply long enough, we'll go back to normal. I don't think so. Never has happened. Never will happen. And uh, yeah, one of the, I, I read a. Uh, I'm going to paraphrase it because I don't have the exact thing in front of me. But Jefferson said, uh, "Those who want to remain ignorant and free." expect of what never was and never will be. And to to be ignorant, number one, of where we are in history, how we got here, what, where our rights come from, <clears throat> and then to willfully uh, and knowingly and without any concern give them up at the whim of some despot in government who don't they don't even take the time to to actually try and pass a law which would be unconstitutional anyway but the legislatures have remained moot throughout this whole thing and they allow the executive branch which is charged with the um, enforcement of laws passed by the legislature not to produce their own laws and That's basically what's going on. Everybody is acting as these, you know, under these so-called mandates from uh, mayors, governors, uh, county commissioners, whatever the case might be. But in no case has there been actual legislation passed, which again would be unconstitutional anyway, but at least there would be some semblance of doing it the way they're supposed to. But in this case, you know, you have people that are just willfully complying with unlawful edicts and not questioning it they complain oh they you have to do this but they do it and they're the tories they're the people that you know you know 250 years ago would have been sitting there on the fence with the american flag in one hand and the union jack in the other waiting to see who the winner would be so they could then drop the one and, and wave the other um, but we're in a situation where people need to wise up and realize that taking actions like that are detrimental to everybody's life liberty and the pursuit of happiness and you you sit there and boast about how free you are i look at these great big guys that come you know walking in you know they could be a football player you know pro wrestler but they got a little face diaper on and they claim to be a man i said no you're a wimp a man would never be caught dead wearing one of those things they would educate themselves and they'd say not no but hell no i'm not doing that but what do you get get a bunch of wimps out there boobus americanus you know putting up with anything and everything uh yes massa it's okay i do i'll be good i don't think so and well jim yep
1: the uh i'm sorry sir didn't mean to. no that's okay i was pretty much Uh, done But the uh, one thing we know for sure, the 10th plank of the Communist Manifesto has worked its (laughs) magic. Oh, yeah. The mandated government schools have created a population of intellectual morons Mm -hmm. who, therefore, become intellectual slaves.
0: Exactly. I've been saying that for years. I I blame it on public fool system and fluoridated water they dumb you down and then they give you chemicals that make you you know they just chemically neuter you.
1: Well Jim, how come it didn't take on some of us?
0: You know, there's an exception to every rule, and we're just those mutants <laughs> uh, that still have uh, brain cells enough to rub together to create a cognitive thought and rational thought. And some of us are just downright ornery and bitchy. <laughs> Yes, that's the only well, thing I can think of. Because well, thank uh, God for that. Yeah, I'm,
1: I'm certainly proud of it.
0: History is written by nonconformists, <laughs> you know. I honestly believe, uh, but you know, we'll find out here before long.
1: But, well, uh, Jim, I had uh, I just checked uh, some of the folks on my uh, uh, who do my chat room while we're having these programs,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: uh, someone asked for the article in section about state rights. And that, uh, what I mentioned, was the uh, actually the ratification agreements of three states, which mm-hmm. covered the states' rights. And those, right. and if you, you know, once the thing, I uh, people who understand contract law, Jim, mm-hmm. if I write up a contract and I hand it to you and you say, and you put your signature on it, you have agreed to that contract. Am I not right?
0: That's correct.
1: Well, when the united states agreed to these ratification agreements by the various states they established that secession was constitutional
0: mm-hmm. and it was the right of all states whether they had it in their documentation or not right
1: yeah well that would have gone if you everyone should have those rights because they're god-granted rights or mm-hmm. uh, endowed by our creator i love that phrase yep we are endowed by our creator. What a beautiful phrase. Uh, but uh, the government, you can't establish a government which destroys the Declaration of Independence. But that's exactly what we're following today. You do not have a Declaration of Independence, folks. So on September the 4th, find some, I mean on July the 4th, find something else to celebrate. Because you're not celebrating the Declaration of Independence. Because you are not independent.
0: That's for sure.
1: And remember that phrase, also another phrase I absolutely love in the Declaration of Independence was all just governments operate under the consent of the governed. (laughs) Now, here's my question. What about those who don't consent? Where do we go for relief?
0: Good question.
1: Is there any provision in this Constitution for those who do not consent?
0: Oh, no. Everybody's lumped into one big corral.
1: Well, you know, I've got a good friend who is a uh, a preacher back in Colorado, uh, you know, a wonderful man, Raymond Boyd. And he said one time we were having breakfast, uh, which we did for several years every Tuesday morning. And he said to me one time, he said, well, you do realize that the size of your pasture does not indicate you're free. <laughs> yep. That's quite a concept. Your pasture could be a uh, 10 by 10 stall, or it could be 24 acres. If you can't leave, you're still a slave. Mm-hmm. You're still indentured. You're still owned
2: yep.
1: by the government.
0: Yeah, it's the illusion of freedom.
1: Oh, Jim, what do you think would happen if we found someone with the cojones to file a federal proceeding that the Constitution is null and void because it exceeds the boundaries of the Declaration of Independence?
0: <laughs> oh, man.
1: Well, we know... For a fact, we know that the the uh, Supreme Court would never hear that case.
0: No, no, and the uh, the lawyer that filed it would probably meet with an untimely demise, similar to those who uh, did things in Arkansas against the wishes of the Clintons.
1: Hmm. <laughs> uh, and during my uh, two plus years residency, well, almost three years of residency in Colorado, uh, I'm sorry, in Arkansas. Uh, they use a phrase there. It's called arkansided.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly.
1: So and you can become Funny, arkansided. it can.
0: It actually goes beyond the boundaries of Arkansas too.
1: <laughs> oh yes, <laughs> funny how that migrates out to other sections. Isn't yeah, it?
0: Fort Marcy Park and.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: hmm
1: Of course, we all know who the U.S. Attorney was in Washington D.C. at that time, who actually.
0: Just helped cover attacked. up Vince Foster's yeah. death. Yeah, well, he, Kavanaugh. He, helped, he,
1: helped, he helped cover it up, but not only that, but he actually attacked the witnesses who proved that it wasn't a, a suicide.
0: <laughs> Kavanaugh. Well,
1: he got rewarded later on down the road, and then, of course, Kamala Harris got rewarded for denying a new trial for Sirhan Sirhan based on insurmountable evidence which would have proved that he was not the person who killed Robert Fitzgerald Kennedy. But if you open that can of worms, then you're going to have to go back to the JFK. You're going to have to go back to mm. Martin Luther King. You're going to have to go back to a whole bunch of other government-sponsored assassinations.
0: Yeah, and that was Robert Francis Kennedy, by the way.
1: Yes. <laughs> so so he got his, uh, you know, she got her reward because... Mm-hmm. She couldn't even win a primary in the state of California.
0: Yeah, and the thing that gets state. me, people are still now jumping up and down. Oh, we might get stuck with Kamala Harris as president. And so nobody seems to remember that she wasn't even qualified to run for vice president. She's not a natural-born citizen. And now they just sort of forget that. Now that she's in the, you know, usurped the vice president's office illegally, now she's naturally, I guess, in line for the presidency. And just you know, we keep shooting ourselves in the foot by putting these people in there that don't even have any you know, even if they had the constitutional qualifications, they don't have the the mental qualifications. Good huh. grief! What a couple morons that are in there right now.
1: Well, Jim, do you think it was an accident that LBJ was on the ticket with JFK? No,
0: he was the he was the backup dude. <laughs>
1: Do you think it was an accident that Dick Cheney was the VP for George W. Bush?
0: No, somebody had to run the show while Mm. George was reading little goat books and stuff.
1: Yeah, well, I always thought it was interesting that uh, Dick Cheney, after George W. Bush received the nomination for president, uh, he established a committee to search for his vice presidential candidate, and as the chairman of that committee was Dick Cheney. So Dick Cheney looked around everywhere for a vice presidential candidate and decided he was the best one. (laughs) Oh, man. Jim, my question will be forever. Mm -hmm. is How long are actual intelligent American citizens going to put up with this crap?
0: I wish I knew. Because honestly... I never would have dreamed we'd gotten this far. And every time I look at where we are, I said, "How did we get here? And when is it gonna stop?" You know, wake me up from this nightmare. Stop the Earth. Let me off. Beam me up, Scotty. No intelligent life left down here. You know, it's just that's why every time a friend of mine dies, I feel you know very envious. <laughs> you yeah. know. I just, you know, I would much rather be somewhere else than here at this point. But, you know, I'm stuck. Until, until he calls me home, I'm stuck standing <laughs> and having done all to stand. And well, that's,
1: that's my here's job. the thing. Here's the thing, Jim. And uh, I give you credit for this, and I thank you, sir, that we stand in the breach every week. Yep. And we say, you know, I can't force anybody to become intelligent. I can't enforce and tell people they have to listen to me. And I can't stop people from who were on the previous radio shows saying I'm dishonest. I can't stop that either. And I really don't care. Uh, folks, uh, you know, you uh, make your, yourselves look stupid with such comments. But anyway, we do all we can, and I'm going to continue to do it not for me it doesn't help me i don't this i promise you one thing this certainly hadn't made me wealthy and uh You're it here. certainly hadn't certainly hadn't brought me a lot of attention which i don't crave anyway yeah but uh it's uh you know we look at these things and we wonder you know are the american is the american public ever going to wake up jim i don't think so
0: i don't either you know i uh i look at everything through a biblical filter and you know it's very obvious to me that the the majority always goes in the wrong direction you know when uh when the people of israel were faced with a situation of following god or having a king they wanted a king and we did the same thing here instead of setting up a government that's under god and uh based on his laws we wanted another king just not in that word but basically uh, a king and we're we're paying the price for it and there's always been the the little remnant that you know realizes that something ain't right and try and warn the people and people won't listen and that's just the history of mankind and i don't see it happen i don't see it changing um and it's very frustrating you know whether it's this or you know just you know what's going on right now with covid trying to warn people these shots are dangerous and deadly they're killing people the jab you know the the illness itself is nothing to worry about if we just ignored it it would be gone by now we are responsible for continuing it by complying with all the stupid crap that the government puts out Um, we just do it over and over and over again playing the same playbook and uh, expecting different results and it just ain't gonna happen so our job is just to try and tell those who will listen in the hopes that sooner or later, at the very least, they'll realize what's going on, you know. But otherwise, yeah, I don't see it turning around.
1: Why would you say, as a member of the government, why would you rule that the Declaration of Independence has no legal standing if you didn't intend to obliterate it?
0: I can't imagine why you would, because that's definitely their their intent. So it would seem that's where we've ended up.
1: Well, let's take the phrases. We are endowed by our Creator with certain unalienable rights.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Let's just look at that phrase. We are endowed, which means we are gifted. Yep. Certain unalienable rights, rights that can't be taken from us, mm-hmm. and so we have to rule in government that that has no legal standing. You would have to do that if you intended to overrule God's laws with the laws of man, wouldn't you, Jim?
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs>
1: Where is the person, again, who would file this kind of case in a federal court and would actually say, how can the government rule the Declaration of Independence unconstitutional?
3: mm
2: don't
1: just know. just a question. And you mentioned before, I remember a movie, uh, my wife and I were talking about this recently. I remember a movie back in the 60s starring Jason Robards, which to me was just beautiful. <laughs> and the title, of, and it pertains so much to today, and it was, the title of the movie was Stop the World, I Want to Get Off.
0: <laughs> yeah, or... Or beam me up, Scotty. There's no intelligent life left down here.
1: (laughs) How many times have you said that in the last
0: few years? Oh, daily.
1: (laughs) Well, Jim, if I may, uh, one of the commenters on my uh, blog, uh, not my blog, but my, uh, uh, if you would, my chat room, individual chat room says, ah, but it has made you wealthy, sir. Wealthy with enlightening and earning new friends that wealth is always greater than any monetary paper
2: money gain.
1: Thank you Jennifer. I appreciate that. And I agree. I agree. I uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't trade uh, what I've been able to procure in knowledge and I wouldn't trade what my beliefs are right now for any type of enrichment mm-hmm. wealth or anything else because to do so would be to become a prostitute
0: yeah yep i just have to say something and merge just posted in chat and says thank you for staying up all night new year's eve to keeping 2021 from coming back (laughs) i responded (laughs) i said i'm still worried that in a few months we'll be looking back at 2021 as the good old days
1: (laughs) thanks merv merv is a treasure
0: i'll I'll tell you what Yeah, I'm just. Uh, that's the thing that really scares me. And from what I'm seeing, the first couple of days of 2022, it won't be long. We'll be we'll be looking back at 2021 as like, boy, if we were just back there again, <laughs> you
1: know. Yeah, you know, can you imagine, Jim? And this I I mentioned to uh, some family members recently. Can you imagine that uh, two, three years down the road, if we're still here, we'll refer to 2020, 2021 as the good old days? Yep. That's that's exactly your thought. I, I didn't mean to uh overshadow that exactly.
0: thought. But it's it's you the know, same thing. I don't see it getting better. You know, with the the path they're on right now, they've they've basically pulled out all the stops because the people that are running things are you know, they realize that if they don't succeed, they're going to find themselves uh taking a short drop, you know, a long drop on a short rope kind of a thing. And you know, if that if that does, you know, if it doesn't go through, they're going to keep doing what they're doing. And it's just, you know, uh, within a year, you won't be able to go out of the, your house without proof of your jabs and all this other junk. I mean, it, it will have come here. I honestly believe that. I. I
1: well, Jim, I uh, think you nailed it because you hit it perfectly. They have to. Yeah. They can't back up now. There's no way of backing up.
0: They've pulled out all the stops. They've they've exposed themselves as the criminals that they are. And they if they know that, you know, same thing on our side. If you don't hang together, you're going to hang separately. And it's true for them as well. And they're just they're just doing everything they can at this point. And they've got momentum and it you know it's not real pretty outlook i think you know that's why i'm just trying to figure out you know how to survive in the uh black market underground community that's going to develop from it that i think it's just going to force the people that you know the remnant that won't go along with all this stuff we're going to be forced underground or we're going to be forced to do things in an alternative mode um of barter and that kind of stuff And if you're not prepared for it, it's going to be tough.
1: Well, Jim, uh, was, you know, and I've asked several people this question. I don't know if you've ever watched an episode or not, but I was wondering, were they preparing in some way, which they love to do. These people absolutely get orgasmic in the ability to tell you what they're going to do to you and then do it. Mm -hmm. They, they, they just love that. And they have done it on so many occasions Do you find in any way this series that became so popular called The Walking Dead?
0: I have never seen it.
1: I tell you what, Jim, I didn't really want to watch it, but I did. My wife said, you need to watch this because it has parallels uh, to exactly what's happening today. And she's a real science fiction fan anyway. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I watched a little bit of it. And, you know... uh, I think if you interpose that we, the people who oppose this government tyranny, might very well be the walking dead.
0: Well, I would say the people that took the jabs are, but (laughs) (laughs) that's a different story.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think that plays in too, and I Mm -hmm. think that would fit in with the storyline. But I was just thinking about it as I watched it. You know, they've already succumbed. Those people who are zombies in that program have already succumbed to the jab, if you will.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But it's us that they're all after.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing. I, you know, I, like I said, I, the only thing I've ever seen is commercials. And it seems like you've got a group of people that are, you know, armed and fighting off these zombies that just keep coming. And the ones that are armed, I would say those are us. We're, we're trying to fight back the endless wave of stupid that just keeps coming and coming and coming in the form of all those that surround us with the face diapers and the grocery stores, you know, that are being driven by the forces of government. Um, I can definitely see a parallel there, but uh, still just never had any desire to watch that show or virtually anything else on primetime TV. Um I may force myself one of these days if I feel totally stupid. <laughs> Just take a chance.
1: Well, I, I agree with you. Uh, you know, I am still stuck, and I hope I don't ever leave it. But I am still stuck in the nineteen uh, forties through nineteen sixties westerns. If I am going to watch a program, that's what <laughs> I am going to. Watch.
0: There you go. Yep, the old life was better in black and white. Steve Voss yeah
1: tis uh tis crazy jim we got any uh, commenters today anybody want to jump into the conversation or is it just us
0: No, well, we got a bunch of people on the board i don't know if anybody wants to say anything or not um uh, mers in there and gary montana and uh don a couple of dons and ben and craig and lisa roger <laughs> bill oh what about dave and the thumb brent is brent with us today yeah brent's up there old bb come on brent let's hear that voice buddy oh man that voice for radio (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) i've got the perfect face for radio
0: uh, me too that's why i do that's why i do radio Apparently, nobody yeah. wants to say anything today. They're so all just, mellowed no out. maybe we Jim. put them all to sleep. Here I is. Here he is. There you are, buddy. <laughs> all right, Brent. How you doing, buddy? Oh, he has to unmute They're again. Just laying here, resting.
1: Oh. Uh, boy, I tell you what. There you are, taking advantage of Jim and I. We're here just blathering our heads off, and you're lit- sit back resting? What kind, of, what kind of game is that, Brent?
0: <laughs> Waiting for work to call. Uh, oh okay i thought he was waiting for time to start shooting the bastards <laughs> <laughs> oh. we're getting closer every day my friend
1: <laughs> well brent we have to figure out a way to hook up pretty soon i i am i was sincerely honest in that i would like for you to do a uh, uh a uh opening for one of my programs sir
3: well uh my phone number is on uh the email
1: yes sir i have that okay i just uh trying to figure out a good time to give you a call
3: oh well i'm three hours uh behind
0: you right so. and you know so he it, likes to rest so, at all times so,
1: <laughs> so it's, it's it's best i not call you right before breakfast my time right
0: uh yeah <laughs> unless you want to get voicemail <laughs> i'm sleeping
1: oh. oh guys i gotta tell you I, this one just made me feel good i uh i've got an old friend back in arizona we were very close friends when i lived in the tucson area and uh he has some wonderful stories uh he uh, uh told he tells the story about he took his first horseback ride when he was uh, just hours old And uh, there's a real story behind that because his after his birth, his mother had some complications. And back then where he was born in Arizona, they didn't have a lot of doctors. So his dad had no uh, option but to wrap him up and uh, put him in a feed bag and uh, take him on his horse to go get the doctor. And uh, so uh, he said, I took my first horseback road uh, horseback ride when I was just hours old Uh, He is exactly 10 years older than I am, so he is 85 years old. And so uh, I contacted him this morning by text message, and I said, hey, buddy, I'd like to give you a phone call, and uh, let's uh, just talk over some stuff. And he said, well, you're going to have to call me this afternoon because I'll be shooing horses all day. Wow. (laughs) And I, and I, I tell you what. People, when you're 85, if to be 85 years old and to be out shoeing horses,
0: that's I, that's pretty good. That's that, no easy task,
1: no. And I was just, I thought, wow, uh, that is just uh, super. And uh, years ago, when we first met in the early 90s, uh, we determined that he and I had the same birthday, so uh, we call each other and give each other the business on our birthdays, uh, but uh. Today, he he said, well, you'll have to call me later this afternoon. And like you, Brent, he said, figure out the time frame here. I'll be busy till at least uh, about 5 o'clock my time. And so that means I'm going to have to call him about 7 or 8 o'clock my time. So
0: So he's not in Ohio by any chance because we're always looking for a good farrier.
1: (laughs) Oh, I tell you what, Jim, this guy, and I know we're jumping subject here, but that's okay. I'll never forget, someone told me, I had a... Uh, I had a mare and she just had excellent bloodlines, but she was coming up a little lame when I bought her Mm -hmm. and I got her for a great price. And I was just going to use her for a, uh, herd mare. And, uh, but she just, she had such a great, you know, uh, body for a horse, you know, and I looked at her and I thought, man, if, if I could find some way. And so I asked my veterinarian, I said do you know anybody that might be able to help her out and he took a look at her looked at her hooves and what have you and he said hey he said here call Kurt he said he can help you and so I gave Kurt a call and he said yeah I'll come on out so a couple of days later he comes out Jim I I was just absolutely blown away the first thing he did is he said stand and hold that horse and hold her still if you will and I did and he walked up and he took a took a piece of chalk and he drew a line down from her ears down to her withers and then drew a line with that chalk out to her tail Mm -hmm. and then drew a line down both legs front and back uh, on one side. And he said, now walk that horse. And I did, I walked the horse and he watched the lines and he watched everything else. And I brought her back and he said, Yeah, I can fix her. And I said, well, you know, he said, but it's going to take two or three months. And he said, I'll be by every three weeks and I'll shoe her again. He said, because that horse has been cowboy shod. Uh, You uh, she had been shod by people who were in a hurry to make a lot of money and they were shoeing as many horses as they could every day. And they really didn't care about the animal they were working with. Wow. Well, Uh, To make a long story short, uh, Kurt, within a very, probably six months, my daughter was winning barrel races on that horse.
0: Wow. Yep, that's the kind of guy I need. Of course, our horses don't do anything but uh, eat grass and food, and we shovel it in one end and out the other, but still want them to, we don't shoe them either, they're all barefoot but just somebody to do good trims on is you know well
1: he said yeah he did a lot of that because he he thought that uh, only in certain instances should a horse be shot anyway
0: yeah yeah they're always and they're just in our pasture and in the barn and that kind of thing they don't really need it and uh, even when we used to do trail riding we didn't really shoe them and they were fine
1: well, Jim, I was just thinking, I guess our audience either think we're out of our minds or we have baffled them one or the other because usually we have some comments
0: yeah it's it's kind of weird now, Samuel's not here today; he's usually got something to say, and you know who knows you know a lot of' them are you know either doing other things they they log in and mute themselves, and they might be listening in the background and doing other stuff or it's hard to say, but oh, uh, for sure it is what it is. I'm just uh, glad I got all the little colored dots to look at, so it's kind of nice. But somebody was all saying right. something.
3: Go ahead. I was wondering if we're running out of stuff to say. Is that what's going on? Ah.
0: No. <laughs> hey, Alan.
1: <laughs> yeah. we, we, we never would run out of stuff to say. We just like some interaction. we gotten used yeah. to it. Yeah. You guys have spoiled us.
3: Well, uh, what I wanted to say right now was last week's show, I just thoroughly enjoyed last week's show i don't think either one of y'all spoke very much them two boys got to talking and pretty that, much that was that was a rather interesting show though they had a whole lot to say well
1: <laughs> what you're trying to say is shows are better if jim and i shut up <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah but i was saying i, I was always agree better when hard, brad's here <laughs> you're gonna have a hard time topping yourself when you let two like that get on boy that's that was something else i did really enjoy last week's show well,
1: well i tell you what brad is something else he uh you know uh i have really enjoyed the time i have known that young man uh yep. we uh we text some this morning uh and uh he is just a real character. Uh, but. Uh, I totally understand what he is enduring now, considering the fact he's an elected official, he is a lay minister of sorts, and he also is a business owner, and he's kind of catching...
0: uh, He's catching from all sides.
1: Yeah, we all know if you run out in this world and start telling the truth, baby, you're not very popular.
0: Yeah. Not at all. Especially if you go up against the likes of Fauci and company. Yeah, i mean yeah well, who was
3: who was the other man that was on there with him he you said he was a, a preacher too
1: yeah that was uh daniel johns
3: he was a rather interesting uh fella there he uh i really like like listening to him he seemed to be a highly intelligent man
1: well if you run through uh uh Google search and put in uh, Pastor Daniel Johns, you'll be able to uh, uh, pick up on his programs, uh, and uh, yeah. they are quite interesting. I've been a guest on there uh, since uh, a couple of times since
3: 2009. Okay. I, I'll have to look for him then. I, I'd like to hear some more some of the things he's got to say.
1: Well, that's one of the wonderful things about us, we can all choose to listen to uh, certain people and we can agree or disagree and that is one of the crazy things about the human mind. Yeah, but that,
0: uh, and the internet yeah. makes it much easier.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're not going to hear this on Fox News, I promise you. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nope. I got I got a
2: comment. Go ahead. Please. So, I'll, uh, I'll start. I start this with a, a lesson that my parents taught me, or my dad especially. He, uh, my mom and dad, were married 68 years, and when uh, I was about 24, I came home from school, and the house was cold with animosity. I mean, dad wasn't speaking. to mom, mom wasn't speaking to dad, and I said, "Well, what the heck is going on here?" So I asked mom, "What's going on with you?" And she told me her story. Dad was out plowing the field, so I walked out there, sat on the fender with him, and plowed along, and he told me his story. And I told Dad his story to me. He said, uh, I said, Dad, you told me not to be so foolish many times in my life. And uh, I says, "Uh, you and Mom are being foolish. He agreed. Everything was mended up. And I wish you guys that are having these bouts with each other right now would uh, bury the hatchet and move on.
1: Well, I I appreciate the advice. I have no animosity with anybody. I will not criticize people publicly. I'm not going to do that. I wish others would uh, take that same course, but I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to come on one of these programs and start badmouthing somebody else out there in the movement. Because I don't agree with them. I'm not going to do that. They choose to do that to me and to others. That's their choice.
2: I, I don't think have to was. live with that.
1: I don't have to live I with that. But I, you will not find me retaliating and coming back and saying, well, so and so, you know, blah, blah, blah. I don't want to do that because that profits neither that person. And it certainly doesn't profit me. And I think we all are tasked to try to reach the remnant. Mm-hmm. And it's only Satan that jumps in between us and creates divisiveness among the people because he doesn't want the message presented.
2: Absolutely. Couldn't agree with you more, Michael. Who knows? Maybe one of these days.
1: Well, yeah. one of those, let's, one of those let's things... Let's pray you for wait- it. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry.
2: I said, let's pray for it.
1: Oh, I do. I do. One of the things that uh, I remember, it's kind of funny, but... Uh, You mentioned that uh, the discussion uh, between uh, your mother and your father and the uh, uh, animosity. And of course, uh, I was adopted by my grandparents. My grandfather lived to be a hundred and, you know, they were, it was like a a separate generation. I was, and I saw them have some uh, times and they were married for over 75 years. And I saw some of the times that they had Uh, similar things, and uh, one thing I'll always remember was I listened to an argument one day that made absolutely no sense to me from either side, and I asked my grandfather later, we were outside, I think we were outside working in the field, and I said you know, I, I just don't understand that, I think I was a teenager at the time I said, I just don't understand that, and he said, well boy, let me give you some sage advice, and I said, yes sir, what's that, and he said, a man who understands women is one (laughs) <laughs> so uh, uh i i uh try to refrain from saying that around the house because as soon as i say that i have to start dodging thrown articles
0: yeah yeah airborne yeah. things come at you from all different yeah. directions
1: <laughs> yeah
0: and then the fight started <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I can't yeah.
1: remember what the fight was about, but yeah. it was a
0: doozy. Three weeks yep. later, I'm just starting to see a little through my right eye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brent, Brent the other day
2: said it pretty well about his mom telling him that he loved him. And Brent says, well, Mom, I, I appreciate that you love me, but men want respect. Women don't realize that.
0: Hmm. <laughs>
1: well, that's, that's uh, you know, I think everyone wants respect.
0: Yeah. And everyone wants love, you know. We're all. Yeah. It's, it's the same thing, you know. We just have to. It's just different ways of showing it and receiving it.
1: And we're all fallible. Yep. Well, Nobody. Jim, uh, let me throw out. I I know that you're a member, but I have started a new page for study on Telegram, and uh, it's uh, teach me true history. And uh, Folks, if you would like to join us, I uh, do all of my lessons. Everything comes from original source documents. I don't give you my opinion except as noted that it's my opinion. I don't present my opinion as fact. But uh, I throw out uh, source documents, especially with the founding era, and we will proceed into the war to prevent Southern independence. So uh, just to let you know, it's there on Telegram. If you would like to join, you could ask to be invited. It's an invitation-only site, but I'm not going to turn anybody down. But uh, certainly we we try to restrict it so we don't end up with the trolls that uh, are uh, paid by people to disrupt what we're trying to accomplish. Bingo. So. I would certainly invite you tomorrow. I have a program uh, on uh, Revolution Radio starts at noon and it is called "Dare to Think Out Loud. I'll be on with my friend Cal Robbins. And then on Sunday evening, at 6 pm Eastern, I'm on with my old buddy out of Alabama there, Daryl Wayne. And we are going to be touching on something I would say that most people haven't been able to see or to know about. And what we're going to jump into is the 1860 census. Ooh. The 1860 census people will rock your boat. I promise you. Yeah. And so, so DW and I are going to try to look at that source document. Which is the 1860 census, and let's see what that tells us about history.
0: And that show, folks, is addicted to your own destruction.
1: There's my announcer.
0: There's the voice. There's
1: the voice. Andy. <laughs> hey guys, I just got a notice that the Supreme Court has ru- has ruled against Biden's mandate.
0: Really, yes. I am honestly stunned.
1: I am too, my friend. Let me see if I can find a little bit more. I know we're close on time here, Jim, but yeah. let me see if we'll I can get some something. that says, too. Supreme Court says Biden administration overstepped its authority with COVID vaccine requirements allows mandate for most health care workers only. The Supreme Court has stopped uh, uh, Biden administration from enforcing a requirement that employees at large businesses be vaccinated against COVID-19 or undergo weekly testing and wear a mask on the job so they have stopped that mandate i believe guys they had to i believe if they would have passed that thing and stood on it i believe we would have been in the midst of uh, another civil war here very shortly
0: yeah that's what i've been saying all along if they ruled that way the shooting would definitely start and it was 63 i'll be darned kagan and sotomayor and briar dissent
1: yeah uh, wow. I, that's what, yeah,
0: look that, who that's what
1: judge,
2: judge Stamper says. He says that, uh, they can rule, uh, any way they want, uh, unless it's going to cause public disturbance.
1: <laughs> well, here's, you know, guys, we look at that and that I think is, uh, I think they had to step that way. I don't think, uh, they're ready for that because there's beginning to be too much pushback right now.
0: Yeah. And again, you know, they have to do things in their timing if, yes, if exactly. things get out of control then they're going to lose it and then all bets are off for them so they've got to be very very meticulous in how they roll all this stuff out and how they do it and that would not uh not would be good at all
3: <laughs> but well, i
0: just posted a article on the telegram channel and i just put it in the chat room as well for anybody that wants it at uh, town hall and katie Pavlich, who's a pretty good writer
1: well, thank you, Katja, for uh, passing along that information to me. I appreciate you, lady.
0: Ooh. I'm looking uh-huh. at a uh, COVID. <laughs> I got to check this out here. Uh, this is an article. Of course, it's um, Gary, uh, I can't remember the last name, uh, Yarvel or something like that, or Varvel. Sotomayor sitting on a park bench with Forrest Gump. And the newspaper she's reading says Sotomayor makes false COVID claim for Pinocchio's. And Gump is saying, Stupid is a stupid does. Oh, <laughs> uh, that one, uh, that'll be on the uh, Telegram channel here in a minute, too.
1: <laughs> ah, fantastic.
2: Ooh.
1: Well, Jim, thank you, buddy. I'm glad I was able to. I really wanted to get out that thought about the Declaration of Independence as. Uh, that the Constitution is contrary to the Declaration of Independence and the courts won't touch it. Why? Yep. So I think we did that.
0: Yep. And I apologize. I accidentally posted that article uh, in the um, in your Teach Me True History because I was there and I forgot that I hadn't set it for mine. So uh, if you well, want, I can uh, delete it. But um, No,
1: no, no, no. Leave it there, buddy. Leave it okay. there. Not a problem at all.
0: But anyway... Um, I'm just finding this other one here, and we're down to about a minute or so. So, any parting shots, go ahead and give them while I'm doing this here, and then we'll wrap things up. Thank goodness we got your websites in and stuff,
1: right? Jim, the thing I think that troubles me more than anything else is that, uh, what we said before, we've got 535 people running this country, nine of whom are uh, unelected lawyers, and uh this really troubles me that the people continue to put up with this and the fact I started the program off with the fact that you will and you will accept from government that which you would not accept from a family member from your preacher from your banker or from your neighbor or your good friends you will accept it from government that should tell you something
0: yeah definitely definitely and and we shouldn't and that's the problem. Is is we've allowed this stuff to happen over the years, and it's easier, as it says in the Declaration, to suffer evils while evils are sufferable, but we are rapidly re- approaching the time when they are no longer sufferable. But Jim, something, if the they thing, haven't already,
1: the thing we're doing is it's not just us. We're trading away the liberty and the freedom of our posterity, exactly. our children and our grandchildren, that's what kills me.
0: Yeah. It's not just us. It's it's the future. The uh, future will never be able to get what they should be getting. And we're out of time, I hate to say. Mike, thanks so much for being here and everybody else as well. My pleasure. Take care of your bodies because it's the only place you have to live. And we will see you all live on Monday. Take care and God bless. <laughs>